On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Lamberto Brava's Demons, which was produced by Dario Argento in 1985. said in the damn movie you heard him right yes we gotta stop it <laughs> believe me we gotta stop the movie hey welcome to another episode of cult cinema cavalcade i'm brandon and as always with me is your co-hoster colin i love the name co-hoster why isn't that term used more co-hoster because <laughs> maybe if i if i was slurring my words it'd be coaster Mm, well, I guess that's the drawback, yeah. Cult Cinema Cavalcade is a bi-weekly movie podcast. That means we do it every other week. Uh, that finds Cullen and myself discussing a film from cinema's past, considered but not limited to being a cult classic. And as a disclaimer, every episode will include plot spoilers and may contain some harsh language. Today we're here to discuss the 1985 Italian horror film Demons. Cullen... Tell us a little bit about demons. A group of people are trapped in a large movie theater in West Berlin that is infected by ravenous demons who proceed to kill and possess the humans one by one, thereby multiplying their numbers. Demons is directed by Lamberto Bava. It's written by Bava, Dario Argento, Dardana Sacchetti, and Franco Ferrini. It stars Umberto Barberini, Natasha Hovey, Fiora Argento, Jaretta Jaretta, and Michelle Sauvi. So, welcome back, you long-time listeners, and uh, hello to the new ones if you've come here looking for stuff about demons. Cults in Cavalcade you can find at cultsinmacavalcade.com, part of the Dead Radio Entertainment Network. I'm sure one day they'll be proud enough of us to put us on their front page. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, please go there and like us. I I, uh, I like when we get a new like. Uh, maybe I'll give you a shout out for liking us. Uh, we have email now. Going strong here for a couple weeks. Uh, mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. And I made a promise last time, and I almost didn't come through until a few seconds ago. We have Twitter. The, jumped into the 21st century. The We're amazing. Tweets, the tweets are coming. We are at CC Cavalcade. So go ahead, follow us. We'll follow you for the time being right now. Yeah, as long as it's not full of like like food and baby pictures, we'll follow you. Cullen and I are social media geniuses, as you can tell. So <laughs> Yeah, that's what we are. We don't just do it reluctantly. Right. So there you go. That's how you can uh, contact us in many different forms and ways and uh, share with your friends. Because we have a fun little show. I kind of I kind of like it, so I'm still doing it. I uh, drag yeah. Cullen into every episode, and he's one of these <laughs> days he's going to come around. Uh, I'm just going to use a lot of expletives at the end of an episode, and that'll be the last you hear of me. That'll be it. So we're moving on here. It's our uh, second 
uh, episode in October, so we're sticking with horror. Not mm-hmm. that we're just going to limit our show to uh, horror in October. You will get horror movies probably in November, December, January. The calendar year will not. Yeah. It's not just limited to October, but specific October, we you know. Took yeah, this there, turn. there are no shortage of cult horror movies, so that. But yeah, we we have plenty in store. I mean, the sci-fi and horror genres tend to lend us a lot of material. So yeah. I've tried to, you know, we've tried to kind of give a give a range, but at some point we're just gonna hit it hard doing what we want to do here. So moving on, let's get to Demons. Demons is a film that is directed by Italian horror film legend Mario Bava's son, Lamberto Bava. And it was a collaboration between him and Italian horror legend Dario Argento. And yeah, I've heard together. of I've heard of Dario Argento, but I've heard of no one else of Italian filmmaking. I know they're out there because there's a whole damn country, but I don't yeah. know anything else about Italian films. <laughs> yeah, Argento, the director of uh, the legendary Suspiria, Bird with a Crystal Plumage. I mean, the guy the guy had a good run from like the late 70s through most of the 80s of just like quality product and then he just off the deep end uh once when the oos hit there's pretty much nothing you want to see um but we're yeah i was gonna say it doesn't seem like he had that far to go to go off the deep end because everything well any italian director seems to be mentally insane from what they put on a screen is, is what i gather well like they, they all need to be medicated they're they're, vi- they're when it comes to cinema they're they're visualists they they realize because they sequences. can't write dialogue yeah they, well and you never know what doesn't translate either too yeah I guess. um they they a lot of the times what's important to them is getting the sequence correct and and getting like an effect correct and getting it to look as good as possible and worrying about some cohesion cohesion and some things later on that are you know they want impact movies when it comes to their more schlocky genre stuff yeah so it, they just look at it differently and I mean you have to say think like even if maybe you're not into like the Italian films the the horror ones at least man they look pretty a lot they're really good with lighting and colors and stuff they are very artistically shot i will i will give it that but i am someone that very much appreciates uh, a story so that's why italian movies are sometimes difficult for me to actually uh, appreciate sometimes they get really wild too which that can be some interesting ones they have a lot of like uh, dirty like cop dramas from like the 70s that are crazy too and like also uh escape from new york slash mad max uh <laughs> uh ripoffs that came yeah. in oh, the early God, 80s yes. that are insane pretty pretty crazy enjoy I think we'll I, probably cover some of these those I, on the show yeah we could do like half a year on like the mad max knockoffs alone i think those and some zomb- and zombie movies i mean they 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 had i um, mean italian cinema wasn't at its strongest in the 70s and 80s i get you know that you get some <laughs> legendary legendary stuff coming up like bicycle thieves and things like that in la dolce vita back in like the, the 60s and stuff and then they just turned to schlock for a lot of their product and just started ripping off american films as much as they could but of that we're here to talk about demons which is very much kind of its own thing i don't think it's really much of a knockoff it's a very popular little cult movie uh, they recently like celebrated its 30th anniversary, and they had like a at no a, way at a Shock Pop Comic Con back in February. They did a full 
like performance of the film's soundtrack. Huh. It's pretty cool. Which yeah, we'll, I mean we'll get into that. The soundtrack is pretty notable in this film. It's surprising. It's got like Billy Idol, Motley Crue, Rick Springfield. I mean, there's yeah, I've got I've got some things to say about the the soundtrack. Okay, so let's start off. the The film opens on a subway train where we have our our who will be our lead character Cheryl. Yeah, we got I don't some some, I, some pretty intense music with the subway. I, how how long would you say we're in the movie before we find out her name? I would say it's a like lot twenty of minutes. I had I had nicknames for playing yeah. the characters, and I'm like, oh, and I'm not sure if it, I wasn't paying attention or if that's just when they decided to name that person. I, I'm not sure, but no, I I had the same issue. I I had uh, about halfway through my notes. Um, like like side characters got names before our main characters did, and at the same time, I couldn't tell who the main characters were going to be. Like I wasn't sure if we, Cheryl. I didn't know if that was going to be our, one of our main characters or if that was just someone on our way to find a main character. Yeah, she's okay. So she's on a subway, and there's this like kind of a new wave looking fan of the opera guy that she keeps catching an eye of. He's got like a metallic face covering but it's it's reminiscent of phantom of the opera and she she thinks he's like following her and she runs around through the subway this train station bumps him and ends up he's just handing out movie tickets free movies for a screening <laughs> yes. of a film pretty anticlimactic yeah so it's like he, oh. he still he still acts weird to her even though it's you know he's just supposed to be a guy which was it's odd but it's an italian movie so you keep going with it yeah so it's just like okay so that guy dresses like that she then meets up with her friend, who is Kathy, which I don't think we found out Kathy's name till way later. Like, yeah, it was damn near the end of the movie. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, yeah. And they're both college students, and she tells her about the the ticket she got, and tries to convince her to skip their class to go see see the movie. Uh, it's at this place called the Metropole, which was like a closed down theater. Mm-hmm. And her friend's like, "Hey, you don't think it's gonna be a horror movie, do you?" You know, I just hate them. <laughs> Bad news for her. Bad news, Kathy. Bad yeah. news. So, you know, they go to this theater, and we get to see the interior of the theater. Like, someone, you know, the lights flip on, and then there's this, you know, woman in green, like, checking herself out, looking all strange and stuff. Yeah, she's dressed like Buddy the Elf from the movie Elf. It's, it's like the lady version of that, missing <laughs> yes. a hat. Yeah, missing a hat. Yeah, very true. And now I, I want to point something out with her. This is gonna jump forward with the woman in green, but I felt like she was in on it, and then she really she wasn't at all. Yeah, like She's like from really the beginning, odd like looks she gives and the way she patrols the theater. Yeah, like she's like glaring at the uh, attendees of the movie when they're in the lobby. And it's like, all right, well, whatever's going to happen, she, she's absolutely in on it. Turns out she's not. She's in the same situation as everyone else, and she's trying to get out, too. Like, well, wait a minute. What, why are you? She somehow, like, got employed by this. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so like, de- so, like, demons interviewed her or something? Because, because who's in charge of this situation? Just, just no one's in charge she's, of this. She's the only person, like, working. And she doesn't have, like, a uniform or anything. It's just, yeah, it was really You're right. weird. No one takes tickets. No one's running the um, the the projector. So who the hell 
organized this Did thing. Did she do it over the phone? Do demons use the phone? <laughs> like, Hello. Would you I, like a job? I I I see you went to Oxford. <laughs> We're looking for a self-starter. So yeah, it's it's uh, that's just a little weird. It, I mean, at the beginning stuff, so you have no clue. But I mean, and you might forget by the time you realize she's not into it that she you thought she was. So people start entering the theater. We start inter- getting slowly introduced to our side characters, and um, our uh, Cheryl and Kathy end up struggling at this uh, Coke machine. Then these two guys come to help them with the Coke machine. Yes, the and like nineteen eighties Jensen Ackles and his like <laughs> friend. Thanks. Sometimes all it takes is the right touch. I called them the Euro preps. Yes, That's what I them down yes, as. very much the Euro preps. Because this has an overwhelming European feel to it. I didn't know where the hell it took place. I just knew it had to be in Europe. It wasn't in Italy. I think it t- it's in Berlin, Germany. That's where it's yeah. uh, taking place. Uh, but- but I think like it was filmed in Rome, I think. Yeah, I think they want us to think it's Germany, and it's it's Rome. Yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, whatever. It's, that's irrelevant. Yeah. But it, it it does like it just reeks of Europe. Yeah, and, and notably, characters we meet are, is a pimp, and he's got two prostitutes. And there's this like uh, display for the movie. That they're gonna the gonna watch and there's like a motorcycle and a katana blade and then this mask on it and one of the prostitutes starts playing with putting the mask on playing with it and she cuts her face on it and this pimp I like this guy he's my favorite he character in the awesome. movie hands down my yeah. favorite character hey <laughs> well, how do I look <laughs> do you like it Bobby huh sexy huh <laughs> Just a second. I have a hey, thought. cut it, baby. Oh, what's that? Hey, you catch yourself. Oh shit. That'll teach you to touch things. I feel like I've seen him in something else too, but maybe he's just like the Italian Ken Foray. I don't know. Maybe. I don't that's know. He, is, but he's like, he talks like this. Yeah, I love what like they they when he goes into the theater with uh with I guess they're I guess they're prostitutes. I guess they're whores. Whatever. And he's just, he talks so meanly to them. Yes. Well, and it's its so funny because it's just, like the, I'm trying to think how to put this. The audio isn't the main, his audio isn't the main focus when he's talking sometimes, but you can hear him very clearly. Like you hear him say like, like. I hope we get to eat hey, this show. This guy, he's cute. <laughs> Sit here and shut up. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like yeah. off camera. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you can hear his little ad lib. Yeah, this movie's full of that. We got Manchester's dialogue. It is dubbed. This is uh, back in the late seventies and early eighties um, with the Italian movies. They shot them over there, or they sometimes they came over here. They shot them primarily for U.S. distribution and U.S. release. So what they would do is they would they'd hire American actors and Italian actors at the same time. They, they would kind of record audio. They really didn't. And the American actors would just speak you know, the, the regular language. And the Italian actors would try to sp- they'd speak broken English or mimic 
mm-hmm. try the best so because they knew it was just going to get dubbed over in English. So there's no true audio tracks to these. And a lot of the, the U.S. actors that went over there to film got annoyed with these productions because people were so loud and distracting on set because they weren't recording audio oh. a lot of times. So they, they would get frustrated with that. But, I mean, it was work for them, and they become big stars overseas. I mean, that's what happened. Like, essentially, Clint Eastwood. That's what happened with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what they do with these movies. So you, a lot of people get confused. and are like, where's, the, where's my Italian audio track? And the Italian audio track doesn't sync up either because that was dubbed later as well. But that's Italian over people mimicking English, so it doesn't look as good. So there's no really true audio track to a lot of these. Yeah, when the, yeah, you can tell like when the people talk, it's like, it looks like, it's not like with Japanese movies, like Godzilla movies, where it's clear that they were not speaking English. Whereas with this, I mean, you can tell like their moves, like their their mouth almost matches what they're saying, but it's just slightly off, and it's kind of sometimes it's, to it's me a, it adds a sense of like something off and something eerie. It adds mm-hmm. some sort of ghostliness to it. Sometimes, sometimes they'll get like if there's a child in some of these movies. Sometimes it's really, really bad, or yeah. or just like freaking omen creepy Damien stuff with the way they'll. They'll yeah, because they'll, the, because they'll have like an adult voice, the child, and it'll be like, like, Daddy, can I get some ice cream? Like, like kids don't talk like that, and it's super creepy. Why is there no pudding in the fridge? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but I mean, this is this is how they did it. It's how it is. I mean, you're not, if, I mean, some people probably can't stand it. I think it's fine. Yeah, so if people watch it and they're like, well, it looks like he's saying that, but it, doesn't look like his voice, but that, yeah. that's what's going on. Absolutely. So everybody sits down, and the movie starts, and it's it's we sit pretty much, and this movie takes over <laughs> the plot. Yes, it we're, does. We, we cut between people watching the movie and the movie, and it starts with some guy on a motorcycle and this group of friends in these crypt area talking about like Nostradamus. Nostradamus sounds like a rock group to me. <laughs> yes, that's MC Nostradamus, no, so they, absolutely. They looking through tombs and stuff, and then they find the mask that was in the lobby. While playing with the mask, this guy in the movie puts it on, and he cuts his face on the mask. And when that happens, the prostitute's right. face, where she got cut, starts bleeding again. So she goes, she goes to the right. restroom, and then this is awesome. The wound on her on her face starts like pulsating and then it explodes and there's pus everywhere. It's just gross. It's like green, like it's like green pistachio pudding, like oozing out her face. Awesome. It's just like, Oh wow. And, and meanwhile, this intercuts with some guy in the movie. It's like, we come back to the movie and there's a guy just like stabbing himself. Yeah. And, uh, the pimps like, what the hell happened to Rosemary? Maybe I should go check and see if she's okay. Don't you disappear, too. And so the other hooker goes to check out Rosemary, and she goes to the bathroom, and Rosemary is, like, full-on demonized, like, just salivating, just green goo, eyes crazy, skin all messed up, and just slashes the other hooker. And she runs off for this chase scene. 
And she ends up she ends yeah. hiding in some like curtain rooms. I thought she was backstage at first, but she wasn't. Then she gets like backstage. Yeah, like 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 the the sides of the theater are lined with curtains, and there seems to be like this gap between like like a curtain and another curtain, and the area beyond the second curtain. I don't know what the hell yeah. that is, but it seems to be like those are just the walls of the theater. Right. Or curtains. And then we interchange. There's a blind guy and his daughter. Yes. That went to the movie. His daughter sneaks out. Yeah. And like goes and makes out in the back. Like, like even before that, she's sitting next to like I think she's the niece no, of this daughter. blind guy who's going to yeah. a, his I, daughter. I okay, a, I okay. Think he mentions that later on. Yes, but at this time you don't know who it is. It's just like his helper, as far as you know. Yeah, you have I no idea of the like relationship. He's seeing eye person or something. Yeah, and like it, it's it's ridiculous that a blind person is at a theater, and that's not so much ridiculous. And he wants it, to it's know everything that... going on. He's like, "What's going on now?" <laughs> What about now? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, now there are like descriptive services that, you know, they can wear like headphones and, you know, enjoy the movie at the theater. But, you know, in at this screening, none of that's going on. So if you were at this movie, you'd be listening to a blind man going, what's going on now? <laughs> like that would that would be like the worst movie going experience ever. And meanwhile, while he's asking these things, some dude comes up. And starts making out with her hard. Oh, yeah. Like I'm pretty sure he, like, he finger bangs her at, at, at one point. That's look like it, yeah. I mean, it absolutely happens, and she's sitting right next to her dad. It's, it's like, so wah, 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 wah. like it's just and and she's like I, I I gotta go, and he just won't stop. Like he is just he's got he's latched on and just wah, 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 on her face. So this is happening, and then the hooker that's she gets behind the screen at the theater mm-hmm. and her her wound starts pulsating and explodes but the cool thing is on the movie screen at this time there's a woman in a tent that's being attacked and there's a guy stick like jabbing a knife through the tent as the hooker like scratches through the screen of the film and then she yeah behind, behind, yeah, behind the, screen, the screen yeah she falls out and then everyone's like what and you up and the hooker's like and the, the pimp's like <laughs> Will you get out of my way? What's the matter with you? Holy shit! She's a friend of mine! And so they go up, and while she's on the ground, like, her fingernails start growing fingernails under the fingernails, like, sharp ones, it's, like, bleeding. Yes. And then, like, teeth, her teeth start falling out with these demons. It's awesome! This is so yeah. cool. And everyone just kind of, st- everyone just stands there, like, just, like, I don't know when that would happen. I would beat cheeks yeah. immediately. I would not like, you know, oh, uh, let's examine the situation. No, it's and time it's to leave. Really long tongue. Yeah, the, the, the tongue was like a foot yeah. long, right? Shooting like directly out of her mouth. And, it was, and then ugh, during this, creepy. the makeup couple has the other hooker comes and like strangles them and they're still making out. Yes. I mean, they are, they are hungry, hungry for, it. for it. I don't know. Like they're just repressed or what, but they are... They are DTF. Yeah, so that happens, and then after the reveal that the other hooker is a de- demon, the guy, the makeout guy, comes flying down from the top of the theater and like from the balcony, like hanged, just like crush. And the pimp's like, "Everybody get yeah, they- out!" <laughs> like that's the moment where like they think, you know what, things have gone yeah. too far. It's time to leave. Yeah, the and theater. as you're escaping, there was this like old bitchy guy that we kind of got a taste of in the lobby and a bit watching the movie, and he just gets like destroyed. 
by the other hooker. Like she just like rips his throat up in his chest and stuff. So he can't mm-hmm. he can't get there. Yeah, she yeah she tears the old man's throat and then the woman that I I called Rick James bitch <laughs> because she's got hair like Rick James. She's the the first uh, hooker. Uh, she gouges out the blind man's eyes yeah. and I thought, well, like you're just you're just spinning your wheels. That doesn't yeah, mean find, anything. Finds, everyone's in the lobby trying to get out and they pull the doors down. But then when they pull them down, they've been bricked up. And this and while they're doing this, there's this hard pumping oh, yeah. rocking music happening. And the song, you know, whatever, it's fine. It's just kind of like I don't know. Like when when the music comes up in this movie, sometimes it's appropriate and it's kind of sweet. And there's other times or like this where it's like it is. I'm trying to think how to put this. It's like when high schoolers make a movie and they just want to put music in it. So they pick a song that doesn't entirely match what's going on, but it matches it enough. That's what's happening right. in this scene. There, there's some good scary stuff, some some jumps and stuff in here. But I look at it as more of like a fun horror movie than that. So if the yeah. music's not matching up, like I, I, I understand completely what you're saying. And works like, yeah, it's, it's a bit some odd choices to make in the high school references. Like, yeah, that's perfect but yeah it, it doesn't bother me as much with this one because of it's like balls out like kind of fun attitude with it mm-hmm. but you know so like there, there's this like older woman tries to like escape something and like rosemary the first hooker like scalps her like she pulls her like head and yeah yeah like they're all running around like through the halls and then the uh the uh the first hooker she comes up behind her as she's going into this room that's like full of props or something. And you're right, just uses her bare hands and scalps her. And that's when the the European douchebags they come up and they try to like trap yeah, her in that in room. The they have they, this... like they get a, a vending machine and block her mm-hmm, mm-hmm, block mm-hmm. her in. And once they get her in, it's stopped. And Cheryl's friend blames the movie. And you know the pimp says he he believes it. he's like you know what yeah. And he's like he knows they became a a damn demon. Yeah, they th- they think that the movie is somehow responsible for what's yeah. going on, so they decide that they w- they're going to yeah, stop the, the movie. Woman, uh, the woman who works there, the green woman who dressed, decides, you know, I'm going to help that. So they have plan A, stop movie. So they decide they're going to go to the projection room. And meanwhile, we see this guy looking for his girlfriend, Hannah, and then we cut to the theater, and she's still in the theater, but she's, like, crawling in the seats. Yeah. There is a lot of crawling in this movie, and it and this is one of the things that happens a, a running theme in this movie where you're not entirely sure where the placement of a person is in relationship to other people, and this this is kind of it, it gets worse in other areas, but this is kind of the one of the early early parts of right. that. Right, they go to the projector room, they beat down the door. It's not the projector room, so they go to the next door and they beat down the door, and it's the projector. And it works on its own. And the pimp says, smash everything! Smash everything! Smash everything! Smash everything! (laughs) Not look for the plug or cut the film. Beat the hell out of the projectors until it stops working. Like futuristic projector, right? I mean, there's like too many beep beeps and lights flickering. There's a keyboard on the side of the projector. Yeah, Yeah. tear up the room, and he rips the film out of the projector. And then after that, we cut to the city and some movie music. Yes, and we have new characters, some punks, uh, joyriding in town, and one's named Hot Dog. I got that from that. 
And they are doing <laughs> coke, cocaine, out of a Coke can. They have a Coke can yes. full of cocaine, and they have a straw, and they're just, like, sniffing it out. And I need to mention that Coca-Cola was pissed about this. And, I, and they, I, they had, were. some of the cuts of the movie had Coke blurred out of it. Like, they, had to, they blurred yeah. the Coke machine, the vending machine, and they blurred the can. However, now for home video release, they don't give a shit, and it's been restored. But during a lot, like, if you would have rented this movie many years ago, VHS, maybe early DVDs and stuff, or saw it in the theater, the Coke was smudged out of the film and just a blur. Hmm. Yeah, I will say this is the first time I've ever seen someone doing Coke out of a Coke can. So another first for demons. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, so then we... we we go back and the group inside, they return the auditorium. The blind man, now eyes gouged completely out, lets them know, hey, it's not the movie, it's the theater. And so... What, what, I, what I love about this scene is the, the guy, the blind man with his eyes gouged out, he has blood covering yeah. his face. And he's, you know, giving them the, this warning. No one seems to react. No one seems to really scream or react like, oh my God, there's a man with blood his on his face. Everyone just got... too. Yes, it absolutely was. Everyone just like patiently like listens to his his warnings. Like, what? This man needs help. How are you just standing there? <laughs> this this vision of horror in front of your faces, but it just happens, and they just keep yeah, moving. So they <laughs> they throw the blind guy's daughter over the balcony. Yeah, because she attacks them. Like, doesn't she well, just she's, like? She's de- yeah, she's dead, and she like gets up to attack. And then the old man, the, he turns, and the pimp stabs him and, like, tosses him over. And then he lands mm-hmm. on top of where that Hannah girl was crawling, and he just, like, vomits blood all over her. Yeah, and she, it's yeah, a just bath. Like, horse. Crazy. Yeah. And, and then after that intense moment, we're back to the punks driving around, snorting coke. They don't even talk, <laughs> and we're back to the group inside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Still no explanation as to who these punks are or what they have to do with the yeah, rest of the movie. At one point, I figure, okay, this is going to be the group. These punks are going to wind up, like, somehow assisting and saving the day. That's what I think, you know, that's what mm-hmm. they're setting up. Because mm-hmm. they're so not a part of this at all. Like, as far from the movie yeah. as you could get, it's like another movie entered this. Absolutely. For all we know, they're in another country. We have no idea where they are or what relationship they have to the demons in this movie right. at all. So then the group inside the theater decides, you know what? Hey, let's start kicking up all these seats and barricading the exits. Smart move, I guess. Till some Sure, yeah, yeah they're in the, the balcony right. at so this they're point. High up, yeah. so the demons can't climb up there, and then they you block the the doors. And the pimp's, pimp decides to give uh, 1980s Jensen Eccles his knife. And uh, <laughs> it starts barking orders at people about doing it. And he goes to kick a chair up on his own. And this demon jumps out and like just bites him. Faster! You look like you're scared of breaking him. Watch! Like this! So then he, yeah, he yeah, like, yeah. takes the knife back from Jensen Eccles and stabs her repeatedly and gets pulled over the balcony by another one. And it's, yeah, 
Goodbye, pimp, man. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah, it was unfortunate. So we've got the guy that was hung, the pimp, and uh, the blind man's daughter are all hanging off of the balcony right. at this point, and they're all dead or they're demons. They were going to yeah. toss her, and they never got to it. And so then we cut to like, Hannah's boyfriend finds her, and they hide in some closet. And she, he's like, oh, my gosh. And she's like, it's not my blood. And then she asks him about him. He says, oh, it's nothing. It's just a scratch. And you're like, oh, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, because people have turned to demons with a, with a scratch or, like, even less than, well, not yeah. less than a scratch, but a, a scratch is all and it takes. Now we're back to the punks. And this time they're jamming, jamming some Billy Idol. <laughs> yes, and more doing coke. more coke. So then, like, the girl in the back. Nina, who we find out many, many scenes later, is that's her name. And she mm-hmm. looks like a grown-up version of the kid from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Yes, she does. She absolutely and does. So she's snorting. And the guy in the front, not the driver. The driver's f- fucking insane, this guy. He's like... Well, he's like he's all lo- loaded on coke. He's like, I don't know, like, Bender Tony Danza. <laughs> And they fight over his coke, and then a shake, a bunch of it falls out. And the driver, whose name is Ripper, and he gets pissed, and he starts like, hey, you pick up every last gram. What the fuck? What's the matter with you guys? It's not my fault, Ripper. Fuck you. Pick it up. Every last gram. And they start using, like, razors. And like paper, and they're scraping like the seats, and they're they're clothes stuff. And Ripper keeps being like, "All of it, I said all of it." Like, it's like, damn, dude. Yeah, and he and he says like a bunch of like punk gibberish that I can't even yeah. begin to understand what the and hell it meant. These guys were punks, but until White Wedding, they were like listening to some like slow jammy stuff while trying to look hard driving. <laughs> Well, you know, there's nothing you want to listen to more while doing coke than some yeah. slow jams. And the girl then, she, she has a picture of herself at one years old for some reason. Yeah. So then the guy that's sitting next to her in the back seat's like cleaning up, and he's like, Oh, looky here, there's snow in the valley. And he starts getting like the coke that spilled from her cleavage with a razor, and then he starts like getting it all around like her nipple. Yeah, like he's like really caressing it with the and this razor. Is one of the most it's intense scenes in the movie, and it has nothing to do with the demons. Yeah, and yeah, then it's... it like cuts her side boob. Uh. Like, and and then they realize they're parked inside a back alley, and they start hearing sounds, and they're outside the Metropole. Yeah, yeah, the people inside are actually they're banging on the wall, and I I think they didn't even know the punks were out there. They were just doing yeah. it in hopes that some would eventually someone hear, would hear them. them yeah, they'd break it down. Then everybody's inside beating on the wall, and Cheryl's friend's like, hey, I hear something. And everybody's like, no. <laughs> Pretty much, like, she stops everybody from doing something. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, no. And so then they finally get a hole in the wall, and they find this, like, hallway, and it just goes to this brick room, and everybody just starts going nuts in there. Yes, they all, especially the women, they just all start screaming. Like, they're, you know, everyone's concerned they're not going to get out of there, but, like, the women just start screaming and and then the camera starts moving along the walls like it moves along the walls like i do when i'm playing like wolfenstein and i'm trying to find a secret yes. passage it's you know it's and like i think you hear like the screams and it's like 
what the fuck am What's happening in the movie right yeah, now? Right after that, we, we see Hannah and her boyfriend just wandering the halls outside the auditorium stuff. And then we go back to the theater and everybody's just kind of like chilling bummed. Like, well, we, we <laughs> screamed. <laughs> now we're just, you know, we need to rest. Just have a sit yeah. down. And then, okay, back to the punks. Uh, the cops come by the punks. And they want to see like license registration or something. And this at this point, we we see that the car is actually hot wired, like they stole it. And mm-hmm. the cops they get out of the car, run from the cops, and find a dead end. But a door magically opens from the theater, and they go in there. And then the cops go out are outside looking for these guys, and they find a body outside, and it's a demon who bites, and they shoot his fingers yeah, we- off. Which is nifty. Mm-hmm. So the demons are outside the theater now. Yes, which is important. Later, yes. wink, wink. I've gotten out. And so then Hannah and her boyfriend decide to take it to the vents. And they're in there, and they're doing fine. Mm-hmm. But then they hear a demon slowly chasing them. And then they come to yeah. the corner, and the boyfriend gets it. Well, what what happened was, this this part's a little odd for me. Like, they, you know, they, they go into the, the vent, like you said, and hope that it leads out. And then he's in the front, she's in the back. And we see like close-ups of like demon hands, and you know, like it's it's the hands making contact with the vent, and then it cuts like back and forth between that and them crawling. Here's the thing: when they're crawling, she is crawling like on her elbows. All right, makes total sense. So you don't suspect either one of these people. Like, okay, there's just the demon in there, and hopefully they can make it out, whatever. And then they switch positions. So then she's in front and he's in back. But they, he's like, wait, that's weird. I can hear it in front of me now. And she turns around and then, oops, she's a demon. Probably from all that vomit that got, she got covered in. But the thing is, like, it didn't, that didn't work for me because if she's, like I said, we can see her on her, crawling on her elbows, but the demon is crawling on the, their yeah. hands. It just, it just felt really like, I don't know, I don't, just really odd for me. Like, I just didn't yeah, it buy it. Yeah, it was a weird it. transition. But they're off. We, <laughs> so we took care of that. That's one less yes, character in the movie, so that's like good. The, the punks start wandering the halls of the theater. They find the auditorium, but they don't go very far in, and nobody in the balcony notices that they popped in or are running around. So they go and they start just tearing up the lobby because they're, they're punks. And then that's they find they the Coke machine against the door, and they're like, oh, well, pff, let's see what's behind the door. And, and they, yeah, exactly. There's no indication of anything happening. They're just like, oh, let's see what's behind here. And meanwhile, Nina decides it's time to uh, put some lipstick on, and she drops. <laughs> well, well, when you're on your, your, when you're on the run from the police, you want to make yeah, sure you, you look know, nice. Might have a mugshot that night, and she drops <laughs> it, and she picks it up, and when she gets back up, oh, it's the scalped woman, and she attacks her, and then now we're seeing the demons start to like build in their army, and, and the pimp. Is there, and it's this really cool scene with her eyes glowing coming up. Yeah, that was actually like one of my favorite things. Like I actually said out loud, like that's really cool. Like like the, all the demons are like backlit and they're walking up a staircase, yeah. and you see like their eyes like glowing white as they're coming up the stairs. And it's actually pretty creepy and actually yeah, really cool part of the movie. They start just everyone starts clearing the barricade. They think they're free, but then like it. it because they hear like the the punks like shooting yeah. a gun, I think. So they think that like, the police or somebody should yeah. have rescued them. The demons bust through, and they just it's off a big attack. 
Like, everybody's going down. All these people that I don't think we ever saw in the movie before are getting killed at this point. (laughs) Yes, it's just... It's just meat for the demons yeah. at this point. And then yeah. The four main characters, that's Cheryl, Kathy, Ken, I guess, is the yuppie-looking dark-haired friend, and, and 1980s mm-hmm. Jensen Eccles, who is George, yes. is his name. Yes. This is where we first learn the name of the yeah. men. We are... How Probably far into hour, this movie? Like over an hour? Yes, and then we and finally get their names. too. Yeah, yeah, it's like an hour and a half, a little more than that, but so, yeah, yeah. Cheryl's friend Kathy, they they escape, and the woman, the the woman who in green gets murdered at this point too. Yeah, like I felt like, well, maybe she might be like you know playing both sides, or like she's just pretending that she's has nothing to do with it. But then she dies. Like, what the, what the I, hell's going on I mean, in we this all movie? Guessed she was with the demons, but we didn't assume that she was normal first and then became the demon, but. So right, right. Cheryl's friend Kathy's fainted. Like, oh, she fainted, and they decide, well, let's go through the vents, and Kathy should go first since she fainted. But they go to get Kathy, and she's well. well what happened? Like they, they uh, like they want to get away from yeah. the attack. Like the, apparently there was like a different exit, so they they crawl through like the seats to get through the exit. This was another part where I was like really confused. Because, like I said, they're they're crawling through these seats to get through a door that was barricaded by the seats. Okay, I'm on board with that. But the crawling, it's like, it has to be like 100 feet of crawling. Ridiculous. And then when they get through the door, the chairs are piled up on the other side of the door as well. And it seems to me that if you were barricading the door... When you made it through the chairs, there would just be a door on the other side, not more right. chairs. It just—it was another thing. Like, wait, what movie? It, I it just made me scratch it was my head. Like a, a decision, a, a, you know, cinematic decision. So they'd be like, well, if they throw doors there, they'll know where we came out of, or throw chairs there, they'll know where. Like, like that doesn't make sense logically, but I guess for sake of like, yeah. like location continuity yeah it, it, it might be just I don't, I don't know if it's a little thing or if it's a big thing but it is something that took me out of the movie and made me go wait what <laughs> basically they needed to escape the auditorium so they crawled and then they were out of the auditorium that's basically what we have to give the movie here <laughs> yes you're just like all right i i guess let's just keep so moving yeah, Cheryl movie. fainted and they want to take the vent so like we have to put cheryl in first but Oh, Cheryl's a demon now. And her friend, the friend guy that was into, into, or no, Cheryl, sorry, Kathy. Kathy's become a demon, the friend. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And and, and not just no, a demon. No, they beat her with a chair. And then she's like yeah. super demon because hands start coming out of her back. And a, and a, yes. a more demonish demon comes out of her back. Yeah. And I thought, like, wait, where the fuck is this coming from? Like, I don't even see a scratch on her, and yet a whole entire other <laughs> being erupts from her back. Like, what are your rules, it, it movie? Yeah, it's cra- and nothing else the rest of the movie does this. Yeah, exactly. It, it looks like a, like a demon with, like, like fangs and horns and, like, kind of like, like, a, like a hell imp. Like, it erupts from her back. It just... Like, what the 
fuck happened in this movie? Yeah. So, yeah, and it scratches Ken, and then he mm-hmm. says, you know what, I'm out of here. Go save yourself. So they decide, uh, Cheryl and George decide, okay, let's go follow him. So so he's <laughs> in the lobby, and they find him, and you're like, hey, man, fight it. And he's like, no. So he grabs the katana blade, blade from that display, and he's like, yo, kill me before I turn, please. They wait forever, and then he finally turns, and then George, like, slices him. In an odd choice, all we see is blood splatter on the floor. We don't see him, like, body part get dismembered or his head chopped off. Yeah. Keep in mind, this was just after we saw a demon erupt from a woman's back. But they're like, you know what? We don't want to show a sword cutting someone. That's a, that's a little him. much. So <laughs> Cheryl goes back into the theater. It's uh, the auditorium. It's full of demons. And then this is a, I love this. George comes in the with best a part of the movie bike and the katana blade. He's like Cheryl, hop on back, and they just go driving around the theater, chopping up demons with a katana blade. It's yes. fucking awesome. There's just a, there's hard yes. rocking tune while they're just like slashing the shit out of everything that moves in the theater because everything's a demon at this point except for the and two of them. It, yeah. So George just, just ruins they shit. Every, they go upstairs with it, which when I see that shot, I'm like, that's kind of impressive, right? <laughs> like they just climb the stairs. <laughs> yeah. And and then he falls off. They fall off the bike, but oh no, George finishes the job, man. He keeps slicing up, and it gets even gorier yeah. when he's on the ground. And then, and yeah. then, we don't stop there, a helicopter crashes through the roof of the theater auditorium. Yes, they're, they're just standing like, what's that sound? And then, like, an entire fucking helicopter, like, and, uh, at, this, at this point, I wrote down the fuck, <laughs> because, like, why is a helicopter, like, I, yeah, I... I don't know what else to say to that other than the fuck. <laughs> I, you know, I get they want to let us know. Hey, this shit is now going on outside too. But the demon somehow got yeah. into a helicopter or got to something to take down a helicopter. Yeah, but but there's no like there's no indication like other than like a demon earlier uh, getting out of the theater. Like okay, we get like a demon has gotten out, but we don't understand like, like the weight of that. Like even. After the helicopter crashes, it still feels like, well, wait, what the fuck happened? Because the people inside are just dead. So we don't completely understand what the hell's outside going on yet. It escalated a hell of a lot faster than inside the little theater. Yes, uh, yes, it did. <laughs> so the helicopter crashes, and George thinks he knows how to run a helicopter for some reason. It starts filling around, and some demons start coming in, and he turns the helicopter <laughs> blade on, and it starts chopping them up. So they decide, well, here's how we get out of here. There's a hole in the ceiling. We have a grappling hook and a gun to fire it. I mean, it's not like it's not like a it's, pistol. It's like some kind of huge like, like uh, a cannon yeah. for it. I mean, yeah. And they shoot mm-hmm, it up mm-hmm. and they get up to the top and up at the top is, oh, it's the guy from the beginning of the movie that looked like fan of the opera. Yes. Who we have not seen since the no. beginning of the movie. And there's no indication that he's on the roof. Apparently, he's been up there the entire movie just in cases, in I guess, twist, they make it. He the... was the projectionist. 
No. Um. <laughs> I wish that would have made some kind of fucking sense. Like, okay, this guy has organized it. He we was don't handing out the free tickets. So to have him at the theater, not far stretch, but on the route, I, you know. So he's yeah. A- again, again, we, since we haven't we haven't seen this character since the first like five minutes of the movie, and we have no indication that he's anywhere else. So it just seems odd that he's like, "It's me! Hi, I'm gonna kill you so now." He throws guy over, and he's hanging from you know the hole in the ceiling. So Cheryl comes back, and she stabs him with the grappling hook. And they're not satisfied mm-hmm. there. They then, her and George get together because she re- brings him up and force his face into some like loose rebar from the, the hole that had been blown open in the ceiling. And yes, it's just, abs- it's yeah. slow, it's good, it's goopy, it's, it's an awesome death. And then yeah. they look around, they notice the building across the street is being, like, attacked by demons. Yeah, the streets exactly. are now, like, trashed, like, fire, flip car, you know, and they keep looking at windows. Like, like uh, yeah, like Armageddon yeah. has happened, demons more or less. everywhere. And there are these people with this Jeep that show up, and they're like, hey, jump in! Yeah, these, these people from a more interesting movie <laughs> uh, show up. Yeah, like that's what I want to see. It's like a like a bearded guy, a teenage girl, and a little kid. It's like I want to see that movie. I want to see those three ruining demons. Shit, that's what I want. Not a like a theater full of idiots because these people are fucking armed and they are ready. They they are demon right. hunters. They're fucking awesome. They get in for a ride, and you know they they show that these people have skills. Like they're shooting demons from the jeep, and they're armed. They have weapons. They're like, hey, grab some guns in the back and. They ask, like, where are we going? And the little kid's like, out in the country. And the the uh, the the guy with the beard is, you know, says West. And so Cheryl and George, you know, they're driving this Jeep on this lone, lonely, empty road. And they kind of have this little embrace. And then the credits start. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then they stop. And you're like, what? What's going on here? And we see that Cheryl starts scratching her neck. And she turns around. She's a demon. And she gets shot off the fucking Jeep. And then the credits come back. Yes. Yeah, and like George yep, just well, looks at her like, like what? What that sucks. sucks? She's just like a demon dead on the road, and it's like that's the end. And I'm like, that was pretty awesome. I like the fake, the the, the <laughs> fake out, and killing off the girl who was who we followed the entire movie, and George is our survivor. That's pretty cool mm-hmm. stuff. I, I fine. Well, I also, I also thought it was it was kind of odd because George clearly has a huge uh, scratch on his arm. You know, from, you know, fighting those hordes of demons on the dirt bike with the katana blade. But, like, we don't even see, like, we just have to take the movie's word for it that Cheryl got scratched. It just seems, like, kind of weird that, like, one turned and the yeah, other one didn't. At some didn't. point, she got scratched. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. So, I mean. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, it. That's, that's that's the movie. <laughs> we, we, it's. You know, it's crazy and they drive off. Yeah, and then there's more rockin' music more to end it. Of that soundtrack. Yeah, I wonder if they actually get the they rights do. to they these. Do. They do? Nice. Okay. I mean, it's our Argento film. Everything's legit. Smash everything! Smash everything! Smash everything! Now we move on to trivia. This is where we pick a couple bits from IMDb and kind of discuss them over, maybe call foul on some of them, maybe just kind of admire some of them. So our first bit of trivia 
in Germany, this was released as a sequel to the second film, which was released as the first part. So Demons <laughs> 2 is Demons 1, and hmm. Demons 1 is Demons 2. So d- is in Demons 2, the, the, the proper sequel to Demons, is there like a, like a mass attack like a mass outbreak of demons, like, like how we leave it with this one, where we know, like, all right, well, Europe is infected uh, with demons. Like, has that already happened? Takes place in a like a high rise apartment building, and okay. the funny thing here is, like, the f- the first movie and the second movie is a film, like it's a movie within a movie. So it's kind of weird that that would be the second movie because it's it's one like huh. everybody in the apartment building's watching demons. Oh, so it's oh. kind of like what that movie in the theater was to the people. Oh, is now the first movie is to these people in Demons Two. So it's like the ring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah something like that. But that it's just kind of funny that that's how that happened. Hmm. Uh, All right. The building used for the exteriors of the Metropole Theater still stands in Berlin. It's called Club Goya. It's been host to several horror conventions thanks to its appearance in this film. Hmm. I wonder what the inside yeah. of it looks like. I wonder if they just have like that, like the the guy hanging from the uh, yeah. the mezzanine. I wonder if they have I that if all, they the put time. all the chairs back. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess it's just the exterior. The interior, I think, was a studio, possibly thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because theater seats are not as easy to right. rip up as they were in this movie. But they would just like kick well, a seat over 70s. like that. Yeah, they're all made with balsa wood, I guess. I don't know. The PlayStation video game Silent Hill pays homage to this film as a theater called Metropole can be seen in the game, along with posters advertising this film at the box office. Mm. I I played Silent Hill so long ago, and I don't remember that. (laughs) I'll have to take your word for it. I've never played a Silent Hill game. I was a Resident Evil fan. uh, Damn right. Smash everything! Smash everything! Smash everything! Now it's time for us to rate the film we talked about. Uh, as we are cult cinema cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. And our ratings are as follows. You can stay with your family. This means you didn't like the film. It's not for you. You don't understand what the big deal is. Probably not going to watch it again. You're staying at home. Converted. If you liked the film, thought it was fine, good stuff, you'd pr- probably tell some people about it. Um, and drinking the Kool-Aid, you're all about this film, you're crazy about it, love it, love it, love it, and you would uh, go all full demon for it, right out your back. <laughs> so, Cullen, how do you rate demons? I would say I am at the low end of converted. Uh, I, I thought it was, it was it was pretty good. I, I was not bored with it. Like I said, I, I did have some problems with like logistical stuff about like like placement of characters and relationship to each other. Like there are some parts where a demon just pops up and it's like, well, wait a minute, how the hell did they get there? That happens a few times in the movie and that, that bothers me a bit, but not so much that I just couldn't enjoy it. I, I would say that if you like, uh, if you like gore and if uh, y- you can tolerate, if you, if you can tolerate the weird Italian vibe to it, then it- it's worth checking out w- at least once. All right. I drink the Kool-Aid on demons. I, I I brought this movie to the table this week. I it's it's a movie I find that has like a crazy amount of energy to it. It just it moves. It's wild. 
the only time it ever is kind of slowed down is at the beginning when they start watching the film within within the film. But at that point, you're still trying, you're mm-hmm. still intrigued, kind of like what's this? And you get the pimp giving some great lines with it as well. <laughs> the pimp helps a lot. If you are a gore whore, you are going to love this movie. If you like practical effects, it's outstanding. It's almost it's masterpiece worthy in that regard it's just so there's so much blood so much like body damage it's 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 fun for me it's it's wild it's got weirdness the punk stuff with the, like the, the razor blade on the nipple just some uncalled for weirdness some some fun characters but i think this film's a lot of fun i have i i've watched this multiple times i watched it twice for this podcast because i wanted to watch it once just because without taking notes and have to worry about that, I just yeah, I'm a fan of it and its sequel. Maybe we'll do its sequel sometime, just to close up the whole demons demons two. There's a lot of demons threes, but there's never been an official demons mm-hmm. three. There's there's three Jeez. demons threes. None of them are legit. There's demons four, demons five, demons six, and demons ninety five. None of them are legit sequels to to demons. Mm. Is that like like the the zombie movies like yeah. you know the the, the like zombie yeah. the Lucio Fulci zombie which is considered mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. in Italy it's zombie two um, in Australia it's zombie mm-hmm. flesh eaters and in the U S it was zombie they used it because Dawn of the Dead in Italy was just called zombie with an I no mm-hmm. E and they to capitalize on that they called Fulci's Zombie 2 when they made it although Lucio Fulci was shooting and had his film finished before Romero's Dawn of the Dead that's what happened hmm. but maybe we'll go over that movie sometime in the future that's a fun one to talk about mm-hmm. but Demons I highly recommend if you're going to watch this movie if you can get your hands on it if you're willing to put the price Synapse Films put out the first two movies on Blu-ray, and they did like an outstanding, jaw-dropping, incredible job on this restoration. It looks—it's incredible. Like I can't even explain. Like it's—they—they they, a lot of people didn't know about it till like last year because they first released it in these like limited edition steelbooks that were like fifty bucks a piece for each movie. But then last year they they released a one-disc version in a regular case for like fourteen ninety-nine, and then people started actually you know seeing it and. <laughs> we're like holy crap like this is like jaws level restoration on this thing it is mm. insane how how crazy good like it's insanely detailed the coloring is just pops off your screen it's if you're a if you think you'd like this movie you could probably it's a collector's item so you could probably make your money back in an ebay sale so if you didn't like it but i highly recommend you see it on the signups films discs those are phenomenal but yeah I drink the Kool-Aid on demons for sure. Smash everything! Smash everything! Smash everything! On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we'll be discussing Never Say Never Again, the Black Sheep James Bond movie starring Sean Connery and Kim Basinger, directed by Irvin Kirshner of Empire Strikes Back fame. Spectre arrives in theaters the same week as our episode drops, so we hope you'll enjoy that before going to the movie. I think this is the one I've seen more than any other James Bond movie because that was just the one that was on TV all the time. And I didn't realize, you know, when I was a kid, I had no idea about the dispute of it being not as part of the official James Bond canon. To me, it was just another James Bond movie. And we'll get, yeah, we'll get into more of our thoughts on those for sure next time. We hope you look forward to that. And those of you who weren't into things like 
blood freak or demons. We <laughs> pretty sure this one's going to be tame on uh, the gore and drug usage. It's an easier watch, yes. <laughs> so our episode has come to an end. We appreciate you for joining us. Uh, don't forget that we're on Facebook. It, you know, that's a great way to get a hold of us. We can email us too, but if you want immediate interaction with us, get us on Facebook and ask us questions or leave a comment or whatever. And, you know, if you're lucky, we'll get back to you. If you're chosen. <laughs> so we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to next week's film, Never Say Never Again, the trailer that actually trails. Sean Connery is James Bond, Agent 007. Never say never again. My name is Bond. Oh, you're Mr. Bond. I believe I'm having you in half an hour. Oh, splendid. Your room or mine. Have you, Mr. Bond? You're marvelously well equipped. Thank you, James. So are you. Good to see you, Mr. Bond. Things have been awfully dull around here. I hope we're going to have some gratuitous sex and violence. I certainly hope so, too. The game is over. Sean Connery is Ian Fleming's James Bond in Never Say Never Again. Thank you for listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade. You can find more of Cullen's work on the A Touch of Crafts podcast, also found on the Dead Radio Entertainment Network, and on Twitter at My Name is Cullen. You can find my work at Naptown Nerd, and I also post reviews on whysoblue.com. My Twitter handle is at BTPeters. Our producer is Brad Shoemaker. Podcast edited by Brandon. Theme song, Pink Baby, by Happy Elf, found on the freemusicarchive.org website. The movie in today's discussion is property of its respective studio, and no infringement is intended. Please join us again in two weeks for our next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Today we're here to discuss the 1985 Italian horror film, Demons. Cullen, tell us a little bit about Demons. Uh, Well, Demons is the first Italian movie I didn't hate. Every other Italian movie, I I sit there and I wait for it to be over. Uh, This was not that, well, no, I would say this was not that case with, with Demons. I will say that much about it. And the synopsis? Did I give... Oh, I didn't put the fucking synopsis on there, did I? That's why I wondered why you were <laughs> pointing at me. All right.